following program is in English. Thank you. To You're tuned in to L'Chaim, to life, with your host, Morris Klein, who just happens to be my baby brother. Shalom Aleichem, Shalom Aleichem, welcome back to L'Chaim, to life, Jewish life and more. And let me tell you, last night's 120th JNF anniversary virtual gala event was all about Jewish life and Jewish life in Israel. Hats off to JNF Australia. I thought it was an inspiring 120th JNF anniversary with a great lineup of inspiring guests. Israel President Isaac Herzog, no stranger to the Australian Jewish community, Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, Treasurer of Australia Josh Frydenberg, JNF Australia CEO Dan Springer, former Israel Ambassador to the United States Ron Dermer, who was interviewed by former Israel Ambassador to Mexico, El Salvador and Australia, Jonathan Pellet. They were sensational. I can't tell you how much I was impressed with Ambassador Derma, as I was with the next guest, Israeli actress, writer, producer and activist Noah Tishby. Sensational. Loved her, love her work, love her activism. Closing out the gala was talented comedian Elon Gold, followed by the Ramat Hanegev schoolchildren singing Hatikva. Very moving, the children of the new Israeli Chalutzim. I can tell you that registrations for the event exceeded last year's with an estimated 6,000 blessed viewers. I'm told that the event will be sent out to all those who registered. I'm not quite sure when it will be available publicly for everyone to check out and to support the JNF's great work. All right, enough with the intro. It's over to Murray Frankel with his guest, Michelle Bloom. You're tuned into Lachaim, two live Jewish life and more on 92.3 FM, 3 triple Z. Stick around. Michelle Bloom is a seasoned commercial senior executive with expertise in leadership, culture, talent, and organizational transformation. She has worked with Australia's largest organizations in developing and delivering solutions to assess and build value-driven leaders and cultures. Her work has supported organizations to evolve their approach to risk management including assessing and developing the intangible aspects of ethics, psychology and political systems in order to decrease an organisation's systemic risk. This enables organisations to minimise their intangible risks, creating competitive advantage and ensuring reputation, brand and market value. Michelle Bloom is the Ethics Centre's Director of Ethicall, the focus of our chat today. Michelle, welcome to Lafayette. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Maureen. Delighted to be here. Perhaps you could begin by giving our audience a brief general history of the Ethics Centre and what services it offers to the community before we go on to discuss the ethical aspect in more detail. Absolutely. So the Ethics Centre is a not-for-profit organisation uh, that has been in existence for 30 years. So it, people may have known it as the St. James Ethics Centre, so we rebranded a number of years ago. So our purpose is really to bring ethics to the centre of everyday life. So how we do that is in a number of ways. So we have a number of public programs that um, we've set up and um, are involved in in developing and the ongoing implementation, such as primary ethics, which is an alternative to scripture 
in primary schools in New South Wales. Um, we also run a number of um, sort of publicly available events like the Festival of Dangerous Ideas. So we've had to pause that obviously because of COVID, um, but our plan is to, to, to run that again next year. Uh, we also run things like IQ debates. So people may remember Stan Grant's famous speech on racism. So that was at one of our events, for example. So there are publicly available events that we do. And we also um, do a lot of, you know, sort of thought leadership in that space. So Simon's quite active. Simon Longstaff, our director, is very active in um, talking about things like, you know, vaccination and employee, you know, and employees and employers' responsibilities and obligations in regards to vaccination and returning to work. Um, but the, the part of the organisation I run is um, the consulting and leadership services. And so we work with corporations to really uh, embed their ethical capital. So their ethical capital being, you know, how aligned they live culturally, their, their purpose, values and principles, and how do they create social value for the communities and the stakeholders in which they operate? And um, how do they lead through complexity? Because let's face it, the, the environment in which um, organisations are operating is increasingly complex mm-hmm. and leaders, you know, really need to, to make good, ethical, sound decisions in that complexity. So we, so we build that capability. Um, and then also I have the great privilege of running Ethical, which is a free service, uh, which is what we're here to talk about today, yes. free service to everyone globally. Uh, most of our um, people who use the service come from Australia, but uh, we have calls from overseas quite regularly. And it's a free service to help people, you know, really work through a dilemma, or an ethical dilemma or a decision they're trying to make where they feel stuck where two values are, are, are clashing and it's not clear about the road ahead. So what we do is uh, provide a free one-hour counselling service with a counsellor one-on-one to help people really work through that and find the best solution for themselves. It's a tremendous concept. Can you tell me what was it that interested you in the EFI call concept? So I began my career working in psychiatry and mental health And so obviously that had a basis in, you know, sort of psychology and those types of concepts. And I thought that had great value, but there was a a kind of piece missing for people who were stuck with a decision and it wasn't necessarily a mental health issue, but it was a, a kind of a values clash or a decision where there was, you know, there was no right way of making a decision around this and what was something that could help people navigate that space. And for me, ethics is really about living a meaningful life. So how do I, uh, you know, have enough self-awareness about what I value and make decisions in alignment with those values and what I think is important? And so so what I saw, you know, in mental health was people really struggling with purpose and, and understanding their values and making good decisions based on those those kinds of concepts. So ethical really fills that gap. And that's what really interests me and excited me was it's, it's a philosophical counselling service, which is quite a different offering and a gap in the market from a psychological uh, counselling service. And, yes. and, and both are great, but both have very different kind of underpinnings 
and, you know, ways of helping people work through where they're stuck. Mm. I believe you've got about 20 counsellors operating there. What are the qualifications that you look for when putting a person on? So we did an expression of interest towards the end of last year, um, primarily to the primary ethics teachers um, who are also volunteers. And what we look for in terms of people who applied to become an ethical counsellor was things like, you know, life experience. So people who have come across, you know, and had, you know, many different experiences, you know, from travelling to dealing with different cultures to, you know, had children and, and, and worked in different places and different contexts. Because primarily one of the, the key capabilities we look for in a counsellor is that non-judgmental mm-hmm. position. Yes. So people can come to us from any walk of life, any religion, any any sort of world views, and we accept everybody. So we, we're not in the business of judging. Uh, so that's a really critical skill. Another skill is we, we don't give advice, which is... Um, requires us to listen very well. And so that's another skill. And that's actually where most of our counsellors fall down is that they want to give advice. Yeah, they rule me out, I can tell you that. <laughs> so it's um, so we look for people who can listen well and reflect back what yeah. they've heard. Yeah. Um, and the ethical counselling process is a very structured process. It follows a series of questions. It works through a number of philosophical lenses to explore the issue from different perspectives. Um, So we look for people who can, you know, sort of listen well, reflect back well and, you know, ask questions that that really, you know, support someone to to explore their dilemma from, you know, new ways and and, and new perspectives. So um, that's a really key capability. And then when they go through our training process, so they have some training initially in uh, philosophy to understand um, you know, the basis of the approach and the basis of the questions that we ask in the process. Uh, then we have some rigorous face-to-face sort of development in terms of actually running the process mm-hmm. and and experiencing that. And then people have to uh, do a number of, you know, sort of um, mock calls, if you like, to show that they're capable of executing on the on the the ethical process, so it's quite an extensive um, commitment for someone to to from both sides in order to uh, you know be qualified to to be one of our callers. So it involves a number of different elements, and and where we have quite a high standard in terms of uh, the the counsellors who to get through. Um, so we're delighted. We've got 11 new counsellors now. Mm. So we've been able to increase our capacity, um, you know, to, to meet the demand. We've we've had a massive increase in demand um, over uh, the last sort of three to four months, as you can imagine, yes. with, yes. you know, a lot of Australia in lockdown and a lot of, mm. you know, sort of people feeling stuck and having decision paralysis given the the complexities of, you know, all the, the, you know, the different decisions we need to make now. I'm interested to know if you can envisage a problem for which there isn't a choice of solutions. Oh, look, I think, I think it, it's, you know, the, the, the beauty of the ethical service, it's really about helping, you know, that caller find the best solution for them and their circumstance. So, so what we're not in the business of is, you know, 
helping people, you know, with our advice around what they what would they think, you know, they should do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a call. I'm a counsellor myself, and I had a call last week, and and the, the caller was asking me, so what do you think I should do? <laughs> and it's like that's not. That's not, you know, what we do. What we do is we help people find the best answer for them. So so often, you know, uh, people don't get to an absolute decision by the end of the call, but they've certainly got next steps and they certainly, you know, have pro- progressed their thinking in terms of what they need to do next. So so I don't know if there is a, there is a you know, a situation where there isn't a solution, but I think what Ethical does is helps people find the best solution for them. Mm. I believe that uh, a number of companies and industry associations promote Ethicall to their employees and members. Yes. Uh, and I, I imagine that as we're approaching the end of lockdowns, hopefully, uh, there are calls from employers yeah, about making vaccination a condition of employment in their businesses and yes. indeed also from employees being asked to vaccinate as a condition of employment. This raises the issue of trying to balance public safety versus personal freedom. Yes. Is part of your role to point out misconceptions around vaccinations that may be held by the caller? And how do you present this information without appearing to promote one aspect of the problem? Uh, So part of the ethical process is really about... Uh, checking in around laws and codes and statutes and things like that. So that's mm. a key part of the process. So, um, you know, have people got the right information and are they from sources that are trusted sources? So, so that's part of the questioning. So people, you know, are encouraged to go and explore those aspects. Um, uh, which they may not have had prior to the call. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is we do is we challenge assumptions. So people often assume information, um, and it's not until you have time to, to to kind of step out and reflect, and somebody asks you a question about the assumptions you're making, and have you checked that out, and you know have you asked that person, or have you you know actually explored that, that people recognise that their their biases come in. Mm. And and so what we do is really kind of you know challenge the bias when we when we when we hear it and part of the process is about sort of unlocking that bias. So um, so that's a key step in the process uh, about doing that. So what we won't do is offer a, a view on mm. that, but we'll certainly ask the questions for the caller to 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 really get clear and explore those kind of biases and legal aspects often to to their dilemma. Mm. I believe the Ethics Centre relies on donations to provide all of its services. So I recommend interested listeners log on to the Centre's website if you wish to support its work. That address is ethics.org.au. Michelle Bloom, Director of Ethicall at the Ethics Centre, many thanks for joining us on Lachayan and providing an insight into the valuable service you and your co-counsellors offer the community, particularly during such a difficult time for many people. Very much appreciated. Great. Thanks, Maury. Thanks for having me. Before we go, I should mention that the Australian Jewish Association's weekly Zoom started up again tonight after all the Chagim with another excellent guest, Itmar Marcus, with his Palestinian Media Watch. 
Right, you'll find in about 15 minutes to half an hour a recording of tonight's L'Chaim program at 3zzz.com.au. Click on the down arrow in the Listen to a Show square and scroll down to the Jewish group. You'll find it there. Links to YouTube recordings of tonight's interviews will be posted to the L'Chaim and Morris Klein Facebook pages tomorrow. Please check out the other two programs that make up the Jewish group here at 3ZZZ. The Hebrew Hour, Shabbat Shalom, 3pm on Friday, and the Yiddish Hour, 11am on Sunday. If you'd like to contact us here at L'Chaim, our email is lchaim3zzz at gmail.com. For only $16, please consider becoming a member of the Jewish group here at 3ZZZ. And for seniors, it's just $11. Again, click on 3zzz.com.au. Many thanks again to Team Lachaim, Dr. George Banky, the executive producer, Dr. Mori Frankel, and Jeff Deegan. So thank you for tuning in, and please join us again next week on Lachaim. My name is Morris Klein. I'm Yisrael Chai, and peace. Hey!